When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All the battles that we had throughout my career, the one thing that we always shared is that determination to just want to win and just want to be great. And the fact that I'm here now means so much to me. I want to continue along with my teammates to continue his legacy, not only for this year, but as long as we can play the game of basketball that we love, because that's what Kobe Bryant will want. Everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where, as LeBron so beautifully put it last Friday night, Mamba out, but never forgotten. Uh, we are now about a little more than a week since the Kobe Bryant tragedy, and while things have sort of begun to normalize again, and some have even been able to wrap their minds around basketball, there's definitely still this underlying feeling in all of our guts that there's just simply no way things will ever be the same again. Uh, We are forever changed as a franchise and as basketball fans, uh, but we are grateful that Kobe Bryant was a large part of our fandom and our lives growing up. Welcome to the Lakers Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Hernandez. I am joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander, who is on the road right now, and Alan Riley. Um, Tonight, there's not really going to be an agenda. Um, We weren't able to do our collective tribute to Kobe Bryant last week because, one, scheduling didn't work out, and also I think... All of us were just out of sorts last week and couldn't really articulate how we were feeling very well. So um, we're going to do it this week. And Tommy, Alan, and I haven't actually collectively talked about what happened last week. We kind of did in our Facebook message thread, but this will be our first time sort of uh, going through it um, together on in podcast form. Um, so yeah, that'll be pretty much be this episode, just a communal group therapy session. I know most of you guys did that last week, but this is the Lakers Legacy Podcast version of that. And then the last five or ten minutes of this show, we will talk about the impending trade deadline because I guess that's happening this week as well. Um, so with that said, Tommy, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Nice to be here. Alan, welcome back to the show as well. Thank you, sir. I did not think we'd have to do a show like this in my wildest dreams, but yet here we are. Um, I guess just wanted a quick update on, and we'll go, we'll backtrack a little bit, but for now, how are you feeling this week? Uh, let's start with you, Tommy. How am I feeling this week? Um, I'm feeling a little bit better. Uh, 
the news was obviously, as I'm sure it was to everybody, shocking for me. Um, it actually, I mean, all of this stuff happened on my birthday, you know, on Sunday, the 26th of January. And yeah. when I found out, I was driving home. I was in the car. I was a passenger. I wasn't driving, thank God. I don't know what would happen. But I was a passenger in a car. Uh, and my sister called me. And she was like, hey, did you see this news about Kobe? And I was like, what do you mean? And, you know, there's a million things I'm thinking, you know, oh, they, you know, I, I could run through the list, but it's like it could have been anything, you know what I mean? And 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 she was like, oh, I don't know if this is real, which I think is like the reaction that most of us had, at least at the very beginning. Right. But she was yeah. like, I don't know if this is real, but I just saw like a notification pop up on my phone that was like Kobe was in a helicopter cra accident or something. And I was like, oh, and it's crazy because like, you know, and, and I was and I'm going to borrow this from Popovich because I just read this right before I got in the car to start to start heading out. And, and we started recording this. But, you know, Kobe is like a superhero, but like a real person. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, and so it's like your reaction first isn't even like, oh, co could Kobe Bryant have died in this crash? My first reaction was like, oh, man, that sucks. Like, I, well, like is he going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life? Like, I'm not even right. thinking that, like, death is a possibility. You know what I mean? And it, it, it was so crazy to then I'm like, OK, well, sorry. Like, let me I'm going to get off the phone with you because this is super weird information you're dropping on me. So I'm going to like look at Twitter really quick um, mm -hmm. and figure out what's going on. And like at that moment, like when I click latest tweets and it went straight to the top, it was like when the actual confirmed reports had just come out in like the last, you know, two or three minutes or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just, you know, days of depression and just this like sinking feeling in my gut. I mean, there's so many things he gave to us, right. As basketball fans, I started watching the Lakers when I was seven years old, arbitrarily, like nobody in my immediate family <laughs> was like a big basketball fan. I just like sports. I mean, I watch baseball and stuff and, and I kind of like sports and I kind of had this idea of like what it meant to be a fan and like root for one team. And I, you know, so I, I lived in LA area. So I, I started following the Lakers you know, I remember one of my first memories from second grade, which is when 1996 season, which is Kobe. It was Kobe's rookie season. I'm pretty sure I was in second grade. But, you know, they taught us how to, like, use the Internet and crap in school. And, like, I went to the Lakers website and, like, printed out their schedule and, like, the school library <laughs> and had it in my, like, my three ring binder. So, like, I wouldn't miss any games and, like. I would cross out every game like a different colored pen. Anyway, like, you know, if they won or lose, if they won or lost is like, you know, superstitions. And Kobe was like on that team. It was his rookie season. And I remember immediately being drawn to this person just because like we I was seven years old. I mean, we were all young at that time. Um, Kobe was, you know, 18 by the time the season started, I believe. And, and uh, 17 when he was drafted and he was the youngest player on the team. He kind of had this like swag. He obviously like looked a lot younger than everybody else. And so I think I was immediately drawn to him as a player and as a fan. Um, and it was, you know, 20 years. I never knew that 20 years of my life would be consumed by like watching every minute this guy yeah. played, watching every shot that he took, you know, 
how many hours did I spend debating like whether or not he was good? You know what I mean? Or like yeah. whether where he stood among the greatest players in NBA history and all this kinds of nonsense. Like remember being in classes the end of I don't remember it was senior year, or, you know, maybe junior year of high school, whatever the year was where he demanded the trade um, that summer um, during the off season. We were like at the very end of school at that time in high school. And like all these different memories, you know, that 81 point game going into class the next day and like all these kids in English class. Actually, Alan, you were in my class, dude. Yep. <laughs> Miss, uh, <laughs> yes, we were. Tucker's English Miss Tucker. class. <laughs> and like Michael Carr. I, mean, I don't want to name drop these people. <laughs> Our friend Michael was in this class. He was a big Laker fan. This girl, Melissa, like these people that we were pretty much my only interaction with them was Lakers and Kobe related. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we were all there and we were all experiencing it together. Like, you know, we couldn't shut up for the first 10 minutes of class. And I remember Miss Tucker specifically coming over to like our area of the room and being like, what's wrong with you guys? Like, <laughs> like, you guys need to, like calm down today. <laughs> but what's I, wrong literally with you? Just, I literally just looked at her in the eyes and I said, Kobe Bryant scored 81 points last night. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And it's like, What's wrong with you, Miss Tucker? <laughs> just so are going to just be with me forever. And it, 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 so there's like, I guess what I'm getting is there's the whole basketball fan side of it, but there's also the human family side of it, you know, like knowing so much about Kobe to the extent that I knew basketball was just the beginning of his legacy. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. I imagine growing up in a world where people, 40 years younger than me one day. I'm not even 40 yet, but I'm, you know, (laughs) the point where I'm like 80 years old, there's people 40 years younger than me who like are wondering like, what was Kobe's deal? And they're going to know him for all these other things that he accomplished and, 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 and did, you know, and I was going to be there to be the old guy who like talked about what he was like as a player. Right. But there was the family part of like, he had this whole second life ready to go. Um, he was yep. a dad. He had, you know, four daughters. He had his wife. He had, you know, reports were at least that I, not that I followed this closely, obviously in the last couple of weeks, but, you know, reestablishing relationships with his parents and his immediate family and, and all this stuff over the last few years, he seems so at peace. Like we all knew Kobe is the violent, violently competitive, aggressive guy on the court, but we started to see it towards the end of his career when I think he realized he wasn't going to ever get back to what he was in his prime. Um, And part of it was the Achilles and part of it was like, he was old, you know, but um, you started to see him sort of take a breath and he just became a lot more enjoyable. um, Not only as a fan, but just like from, again, from a human level, like we all started to get older um, and started to appreciate the like, Hey, this guy was able to, you know, the big, what some have described as like one of the biggest egomaniacs to ever live, right? Has has like clearly taken a step back and and been like, I accept where I am. I'm just happy and enjoying it. And right. it was beautiful to see, and it was beautiful to imagine what was going to happen the rest of his life. And from the family aspect and just human aspect, it, it's so it was so devastating. Um, just knowing, you know, like every day we live our lives, um, and we we take for granted the how fragile it is. Um, yeah. A story I shared with Alan, but the last thing I'll say about this and, and, and just like another reminder. And again, this isn't like a sympathy or, you know, whatever, but I had a friend from college, the same, I didn't find out about this until two days after I, the Kobe news broke, but 
I had a friend from college who was like an awesome guy to hang out with. He, and, and I pretty much knew him in like the party (laughs) for like, from like a party side. Right. But like this dude like grew up in Compton, same age as us, um, was valedictorian of his class uh, at Compton High, I believe he went to. Um, got a full ride to SC, you know, was a comp sci guy. Uh, had his, you know, was he was like known on campus. Like he was one of those dudes where, first of all, he was like this, he had crazy dreads. And so you could, you just knew him from like, you could hear him coming a mile away because he always had like Bluetooth speakers in his backpack and he was always blasting crazy <laughs> music. And he was like the he life of the party and diehard Kobe fan. And I knew he was a Laker fan, but I honestly didn't know he was a diehard Kobe fan. Lives in the Bay Area or lived in the Bay Area, unfortunately. But I had heard from some friends that uh, he you know, had this post just like many people did the day Kobe died about how, like how much Kobe meant to him and how much the Mamba mentality and all that stuff pushed him to like get from where he started, which was like, a you know, not an easy place. Right. And, yeah. and to what he ended up becoming, which is like very successful. Um, and he put on his Kobe Jersey and he was going to go, um, you know, get on his motorcycle and do a ride like a joyride basically to just kind of commemorate Kobe's life and to reflect and think about everything. And he never came home. He never came home. Unfortunately, he got on his motorcycle, went, took off three, you know, three, four blocks away from his house and got hit by a car. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you, dude. And it's just crazy. Like those things coming together, like, and I have no doubts, like, look, I'm not a religious person. Like if you guys know me on a personal level, I, I, yeah, at least Alan is, I'm not like a super religious person. I'm just saying like, it's weird. All these things have happened and they just kind of, and they all happened around the same time. And they all just serve as like a reminder of how fragile life is. Like Kobe touched this guy's life the same way he touched everybody else's. And I think mm-hmm. that they're both in a better place now, you know, and, and I, and I hope they are. And it's been a lot to comprehend and kind of deal with over the last couple of weeks for me. I mean, like I, it's like death is a hard thing to talk about, but this Kobe thing happened, this dude from college, like I've had family members die, you know, a couple months ago. And even within the last week, um, it, it's been super, super, super difficult, but you know, people asked me, um, or may, you know, commented on the fact that oh, Kobe died on my birthday and they know me as like one of the biggest for most people. Right. Who, do, who don't know you guys, uh, Kobe, I'm like the biggest Kobe fan, Laker fan they know. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so people brought that up and, and I just, my reaction to it was like, look, Kobe, even on the day of Kobe gave me a lot of great memories, um, that I'll always hold close to me for the rest of my life. And even on my birthday, um, when he unfortunately passed away, I'll always now for the rest of my life, remember every year reassess, like, am I doing the things that Kobe would have mm. done? Am I living my life? Like the way he would have lived his life. Honestly. I mean, again, you guys know me personally and a lot, a lot of stuff I don't talk about on this show, but like I was living two years, uh, uh, long distance from my fiance now wife. And, I felt like for a lot of time during that two years, I just kind of was sleepwalking. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And and I think like for a lot of people, like 
obviously I had my own circumstances, but like, it's so easy to get bogged down in like day to day. Like I just need to get through the week. I just need to get through this month. I just need to get through whatever. And at least for me, I found myself in hindsight, like just kind of ghost walking, you're sleepwalking through everything. And I'll always remember every year on my birthday, you know, especially 31, I, it's not like a, you know, it's not supposed to be like, a, it's not like a milestone birthday or anything special. And frankly, I took it for granted. And I'll always remember, I can't take these things for granted. You know what I mean? This is not like birthdays are, <clears throat> so, although I thought like, oh, it's something stupid, like whatever, I don't need to do anything for it. No, it's like, a, it's a celebration of life. It's like a milestone, like every year is like you you're not supposed to take every year for granted. You just like every year is a reminder. I made it through this year. These are the things I've done. These are the things I hope to do in the next year. And that's something Kobe, even like, you know, on that horrible day has left me with. And, um, and I'll never forget him for that either. So, um, the thing that's made it a little easier for me is just seeing how everybody else has coped with it mm-hmm. at first. And when I say me and everybody else, not just you guys, but, you know, just the public figures, LeBron James, um, Kobe's wife, you know, if they have the strength to push on through it, then I should, too. And that's what I'm trying to do. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it, it obviously like for you guys, it hasn't been it hasn't been easy for me. But every day that passes, it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier. Here, and I don't know that there'll ever be a day where when I hear Kobe's name, I can't help but think of, you know, you get that guttural reaction, yep. how horrifically and, and suddenly he went out, right? But, and of course his daughter too, but, um, you know, I, I'm just, again, it, he lived four lifetimes worth in 41 years and I just need a, and I think it's our responsibility as Los Angeles people, as Laker fans, as people who like grew up with him to kind of carry on that legacy, even if it's in our own way. Sure. I'll never have the same effect and impact on, on the world that Kobe did. And that's fine. But that doesn't mean that I can't try to make my own mark in in whatever way I'm able to. So sorry, that was my long monologue, but I no, no, like thank a, you for... <laughs> a long time to get that on my chest. But, no, uh, no, for sure. But yes. Uh, well said, and thank you for sharing, obviously, and being vulnerable with us. I'm sure you never in your wildest dreams would have imagined that on your birthday, I'm sure prior to last Sunday, you can remember even games that Kobe had in that vicinity of your birthday. And I'm sure those were the memories that you thought you'd always carry with you. Like, oh, he scored randomly 50 points near my birthday or on my birthday, you know? I always remember. I mean, like, and I don't want to get the date totally wrong because I just said I'll always remember. But I'm pretty sure the (laughs) 81-point game was on January 22nd, which, you know, I remember back in the day when we were in high school was like, I was like, oh, that's so badass. He scored it on the 22nd. It's on my birthday. I was like so happy because it it was recently after the 81-point game. But um, yeah, it's like those are always things that I'll always carry the memories with them. And and even, you know, although it it has a different connotation because it's obviously more sad, but I'll always remember, you know, the day he died, I'll, I'll always remember where I was. I'll always remember the thoughts that I had and, and, uh, and I'll live with those memories and and never take life for granted. Yep, absolutely. All right, before I get to Alan's thoughts, we'll take it to break really quickly. And when we return, um, we'll talk more about Kobe Bryant. 
All right, so we're back, and uh, on Sunday, before they um, started to tear down Kobe Bryant's memorial at Staples and, and LA Live, I was able to kind of make my way out there. It honestly felt like a pilgrimage. Um, yeah. the, the church that I go to on Sunday, luckily, they are in downtown LA, like on Olive Street, and so I was able to kind of just park in my usual spot, and I was like, I'm going to go on a stroll it was a good, you know, 0.8 miles away. But for me, I was like, that's the perfect length for me to sort of just walk by myself and reflect, you know. And it was so surreal being there on this bright, sunny, windy Sunday day. There's no Laker game going on. But you've seen the pictures. Once you're in there, it's just like a, a mass of people, probably like one to 2,000 people all within that staples figueroa street la la live square and i've never been in a situation where i was surrounded by that many people we were pretty much all like purple and gold sardines and yet it be so quiet and solemn people were literally shoulder to shoulder against each other kind of like the 626 night market and yet all you could hear were like the balloons fluttering in the wind it was very, very bizarre. At the same time, I was like, it was nice to be in that sort of presence. Like everybody was super respectful, even though people were getting jostled about, you know, and people just had this sense of reverence for everything that was going on. I saw a dude wearing a, a Robert Parrish Celtics jersey, paying his homage to, to Kobe Bryant. So that was cool to see. And overall, just seeing kind of, you know, every ethnicity, every background, every religion of people just all there writing on the sidewalk or writing on on the boards. And honestly, a lot of people just being pretty quiet and solemn in that midst and um, and having their own sort of like individual reflection time. So it was like a powerful image. And yet at the same time, obviously very sorrowful and just knowing that, wow, I, I don't think I've ever been in this situation because if you take a zoom out look of that picture, you'd think it was a championship day parade, you know? Right. And it, it's weird to say that it's the exact opposite. Um, but with that said, Alan, um, how did you first hear about the Kobe Bryant news? What was your state of mind? And uh, kind of like Tommy, um, just tell us about your journey to this point, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I was with uh, my cousin and uh, her husband in the car. We were in Roland Heights going to watch, um, I guess you'd say my cousin-in-law's uh, niece performing a Lunar New Year celebration. Um, so yeah, I was just in the car again, thankfully not driving. And, um, one of my friends just texted me and said, you know, I don't know if this is true, but, um, I just read, you know, what happened. And, um, before I told my cousin and her husband anything, you know, I did what little research I could in that moment. And it was already almost noon at that point. So, you know, the mm. news had been out there for a while, but once I thought that, um, you know, there's some pretty trustworthy, outlets reporting it um it's like shit like i guess i gotta i gotta say something you know i'm not gonna keep this to myself um so i told them and um i mean the car ride at first when the three of us hang out we're ridiculous like we're very silly and loud and just laughing like nonstop, you know and uh the the tone obviously for the whole day just changed and um it, it was weird because this whole entire day with my cousin and her husband supposed to be very sociable. I was meeting a bunch of his relatives, aunties, uncles, etc., for the first time. And it's all that you could tell, like it was on everybody's minds, you know, despite mm -hmm. 
attending this performance and, and supporting, um, these like little kids doing this performance. Um, so it, it was a really weird day for me because I was like disconnected, right? Like I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't watching TV. I didn't get home Sunday night until maybe nine thirty PM. So I didn't even have an opportunity to, um, be up to date like the rest of the world. Uh, so I found myself, you know, distracted from it, but then also every 10, 15, 20 minutes thinking about it again. And then as we're out and about, you start to see just more people walking the streets with, with Kobe jerseys and stuff. And, um, it was, it was a very strange, you know, day. And, um, just like everybody else, like my phone's blowing up, but I'm not really able to respond to anyone. I'm not able to process it because, um, I'm trying to be present, you know, with where I was at. So, um, Sunday itself was, was very, very strange. Um, but yeah, like everybody else, I had that feeling where it's like my, my heart felt like it weighed 50 pounds and it was like stuck in my throat kind of a thing. And honestly, like I feel it right now, (laughs) just talking about it. And anytime I think about it, it's that same visceral, you know, like, or not visceral, but it's like a psychosomatic (laughs) kind of experience. And, Mm. um, I, I think the one word that kind of echoes in my head a lot is, you know, Kobe was a very dependable person, um, Mm. in games. If your team is down, you know, you could depend on Kobe to bring you back. If it's a last second shot, you could Mm. depend on Kobe to make that shot, even though obviously they make them all, but like you would bet, you know, everything on it. Um, when it comes to uh, just looking forward to the difference that he would make and the success that he would have, he's someone you could depend on. And, um, you know, in our lives, like I think we all have people we can depend on. And then we have those who we wish we could depend on, but maybe can't. And, um, you know, for me personally, I've had, I've had some like figures in my life who, I should be able to depend on, but I have not been able to, right? But Kobe served as one of those people who could. Um, mm-hmm. And when you think about long-term stuff, I mean, Kobe's, what, 10, 11 years older than us. It's like, okay, well, shoot, when I'm like 50, he's going to be 60-something. It's going to be crazy to see what he's done by then. When I'm 70, he's right. still going to be alive, you know? And especially when he retired, you know, your mind can just, wander forever thinking about all the things he could do and how he could inspire, you know, all of us to be better. And, um, you know, a lot of times when I talk with people or just when I'm reflecting on my own, I think about, you know, who are five people who have like influenced me the most. Um, you could call it the law of averages, law of association, whatever you want, but the five people you spend the most time with are usually, um, you know, you're the average of that that group of people. And it isn't necessarily the people that you come in direct contact with. It doesn't have to be your family members and your friends and your coworkers. It could be a book that you read like an author. It could be podcasts you listen to all the time. And for us, like, I mean, I could say that Kobe in my entire life is a person that I've spent so much time watching, observing, learning from thinking about talking about perhaps you know, just as much as your, your closest relatives and friends. Uh, So just like everybody, like how many people have we heard say, including ourselves, I didn't know the guy, (laughs) 
I never met Kobe. I've never been in the same room as Kobe, you know, but it, it genuinely feels like a family member or a, a close friend just died. And, um, it's, it's just such a difficult thing to wrap your head around. But again, if you were to log the amount of time that you've spent just having that guy on your mind, it makes all the sense in the world. And, um, you know, like Tommy said, um, I've mentioned on the podcast where like, you know, my grandmother passed away this year. Um, and her birthday was actually, uh, this past Thursday. So I was emotionally prepping myself almost this whole month, actually, just cause the whole holiday season, you know, and everything. Um, I'm like, okay, so my first birthday without my grandma's first birthday where she's not here is coming up at the end of January. Um, and I was just emotionally, you know, preparing myself for what that would be like, you know, and this, this happened to start the week. So I was like, dang, I was already like emotionally in a certain space. And now this, um, yeah. And one of the first things, again, I thought about, of course, was you, Tommy. I was like, you know, it's, it was your birthday that day. And, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It kind of feels like I, the way that I described last week, it kind of feels like time just kind of froze. Time mm-hmm. stood still. I know we kind of still did our daily things, but like internally for me, I was like in like a dark space where nothing sort of moved. And literally Sunday was the first time where I had one of those days where I had planned to be productive. And then I heard the news and for the whole rest of the day, I was just in my bed. I, I don't, I'm not ashamed saying I did this literally in my bed, just scrolling through Twitter and watching TV at the tributes that were coming in, how the players were reacting. And I was just in a internal catatonic state for, for much of the week. And um, just quickly for me, the way that I found it, I was like you, Alan, I, I wasn't on my phone. I had just actually come from hearing a really good message at church and I was on my way to get an acai bowl in Sierra Madre. There's a little little mom and pop shop that has really good acai bowls. That's kind of become my uh, routine on Sundays. And I was feeling pretty chipper and refreshed. I walk into the acai bowl place with my Mickey Mouse arms and shoulders kind of going, you know, to and fro. There's there's one um, employee in there and I'm like, hey, I think I'll get my normal basic bowl that I usually get and I realized he wasn't paying any attention to me he was he had his head down and was looking at his phone and then he looked up at me finally and was like hey weird question but would you happen to be a basketball fan and I was like yeah I'm a huge basketball fan why and at this point nothing's registered to me yet that there's anything wrong and in fact I thought oh did a big trade come down like lay it on me (laughs) and then the next words he uttered I, I will never forget because I don't think I've ever strung those words in my head together before, you know? He was like, oh, Kobe Bryant just died. And then the next three or five minutes, we kind of just stand there frozen and, and, and I go, what? No. What? And I, I keep saying that over and over again. And he's like, yeah, I don't know if it's true, but it says that he got into a helicopter crash. And so... I think he saw how distraught I was in the moment and he was like, I'm sorry, dude. You're the first person that walked in after I heard this news and I just needed to process it with somebody else. And even in my distraught state, I was like, no, 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 it's okay. I also am glad you're here as well. <laughs> and I'm glad that I'm able to process this with somebody else too. Um, 
So I, I end up ordering my acai bowl and I just take it with me outside and literally sit on a bench for the next half hour by myself, not eating my bowl because now it's come to represent something totally different. And uh, I'm just scrolling through t- Twitter, reading the news. And I don't know about you guys, but my initial gut feeling was just one of utter helplessness because, you know, in moments like this, you and I, we're normal human beings and we can't do anything about anything. And when I heard the words Kobe Bryant dead, I know a lot of people say they were in denial. For me, I don't even think it was in denial. I could not compute what that even meant in my head. Like the logical progression of what that means wasn't registering, you know, where it's like, Kobe Bryant is dead, which then means you will never see him talk again. You will never see him on TV again, and you will never see him at a basketball game. You won't see him give his Hall of Fame speech. Like, none of it registered logically in my head. And my first guttural feeling was, let me go on Twitter. Um, Surely somebody powerful can do something about this. You know, we'll look to the celebrities like, oh, Shaq can do something about this, right? Or um, all of these actors and actresses that we look up to, surely they can do something to reverse this. And then slowly it just hits you that, especially as you see all of these like big figures, big influential figures in our world react, you see that they're reacting the exact same way as you are. Yeah. And that's when it really hits you like, no, death is death. And we are all on the same level today. You, me, Shaq, we're all on the same level of helplessness. You, me, Dwayne Wade, all on the same level. And I think just that feeling, helplessness for me was like the word of the day. And um, and I think the next day was even worse than the first, just because that's when all of the tributes came rolling in uh, and, and you heard from all of these players and you just, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and part of the reason for me, and I think a lot of people the next day was even a little bit worse was because yeah, it's like you said, you're so paralyzed at first by what the hell is happening that you just hope that like the next day you're going to wake up and they're going to be like, actually, it turns out it wasn't him. He was in a different country. We had bad information. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or something like yeah. you just figure this is like hor- This is just a mistake. This is like a dream. I must have imagined this, you know, like something was wrong with me. I hope that I hope the answer is I'm a psycho and Kobe's not actually dead. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And it's like. And it, it's like you, you run through all these all these things and then it just really like hits you. You know, you named all these people and it's just so crazy to think like it doesn't matter how much power these people have. Like you think like, oh, these people are so successful and they're so, you know, they do all this and that and everybody loves them and they're so influential. But no, even they they can't stop it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, 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 I think helplessness is like a really good way to describe it. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I totally I totally feel everything you said. I don't know about you guys, but I was in an outdoor area at that time because I was like on a bench in Sierra Madre and people are usually having brunch or whatever. And it's so weird that after the news dropped, I was just kind of people watching and I could almost pinpoint the people that I felt like had just heard the news. For sure. They were on their phone. They had a bewildered look on their face. They had their head slumped down. Their posture was terrible. And it felt like I was in a Zombieland movie just watching a bunch of zombies who had just heard that Kobe Bryant died. And it's crazy that that, that I could have pointed and said, they just found out. They just found out. They just found out. And in a weird way, we were all in this together, but also just such a depressing state together, you know? 
It yeah. is, but it's just so weird, again, to think about, like, Kobe, you know, this dude, you know, you imagine him as, like, a seven-year-old kid or whatever he was when he, however old he was when he was living in Philly, right? And it's, like, it's crazy that that kid just grew up in, and, yeah, his his death occurred under, like, horrific and and sudden and tragic circumstances, but he was still able to unite so many people, you know? It's like, mm -hmm. it, it, the older we get, the easier and easier and easier it becomes to be so negative and so, like, pessimistic and and, and just, like, assume the worst in, in other people and, and harder to, to develop interpersonal relations. I mean, you can go on and on and on, right? This is, like, a known thing. As people become older, this just happens. And here you have a guy who you know, for we spent 20 years arguing and you would have thought like, oh, all these people hate Kobe and such and such hates Kobe and, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's so controversial. And here he is the day of his death, like just in this world that is was so dark before. It almost feels lighter to me now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I agree. Like mm -hmm. there's so much negativity. And, and for some reason, Kobe's death, just like you said, the scene at Staples. Could you imagine? Think of all the horrific scenes that have happened in downtown LA over the course of history, right? Like, yeah. forget the riots. Like, I, I mean, the original riots, but even the state, like the Lakers related riots. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? All these like these horrible things that have happened there, and then on, and then on the day, you know, in connection with Kobe, it's like, oh, it's all these people packed into this weirdly, you know, small space people of all different colors and backgrounds and, and all different, you know, uh, life circumstances coming together and just standing there and just accepting a moment of peace together. And it's like, who else can do that? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's so hard true. to think of any living person who could make He's that like happen. no longer a polarizing figure. Yeah. Because it's like, if it's yeah. like, no, if anybody could make that happen, I sure hope they would fucking do it because this <laughs> you know, like on a more consistent basis, because you know, it's like, look at, you know, how, how dark and, and negative people have uh, viewed the world in the last few years. And then this happens and all of a sudden everyone's on the same page. Like how many other issues have we had that have been so unifying and and it's just so crazy that this is so so much deeper beyond basketball, and I, you just have to wonder, like, would Kobe have even guessed that like his death would have caused th this type of reaction? I don't know, right. but it just speaks to him as a person and all of his accomplishments. And this is the last thing I'll say on on Kobe, and I think I, I put it on our message thread, and I want to qualify and caveat everything I'm going to say by I'm not comparing Kobe to this guy. Tommy, you mentioned you're not religious, but to me, like this Kobe Bryant, and I'm not absolving him of his past sins and whatnot, but in terms of the influence and impact that he had and the far reach that he had across the globe, if you're ever wondering, you know, what it might have been like to been on the earth when a prominent figure like Jesus Christ was on the earth and his disciples, I feel like you can sort of parallel it to, to this and just seeing someone like that in his prime, Jesus died when he was like 31, just sort of disappear like that out of nowhere, and the people left have to cope with it. 
it, it sort of feels that way. And I, and I use that parallel more because throughout his NBA career, Kobe Bryant was also sort of deified and he wanted to be deified. And he kind of felt removed from us because he was chasing something that not a lot of people have chased. And I think, as you mentioned, Tommy, as he sort of um, his career wound down, we got to see the other side of Kobe, the the human side of Kobe. And he almost met us where we were at, kind of like Jesus. Again, I'm not making that parallel. But in terms of how he humanized himself and became a man of the people all of a sudden and daily ins and outs, we started to see what Kobe Bryant was doing. He was interacting with every sort of person. And he was even, you know, going to hospitals to visit kids that, and those weren't even being publicized anymore. Like Kobe Bryant really became a man of the people in ways that, and not to belittle the deaths of these other celebrities, but, you know, Michael Jackson and Prince, their deaths had an immense impact on people. But at the same time, I felt like in comparison to Kobe, they were kind of removed from everybody else. You know, they were kind of sitting on a pedestal, whereas Kobe was with us you know like just the day before there's this video of him at the mamba academy literally high-fiving every kid that walks out of that facility and saying good job good job you know like kobe was with us to the nth degree and to just see him sort of just disappear like that i think that's why it's so jarring because we saw him almost on a daily basis even though he wasn't playing basketball anymore we knew what kobe bryant was up to and who he was impacting how is he how is he even mentoring and reaching out to not only Shaq's son, but Natalie Osaka, you know, like all of these mem- people, prominent figures, he had the time to actually mentor them. And so we really got to see Kobe Bryant's humanity in these last few years. And it's understandable now how, why his death was so impactful to so many people. Um, and, and in that sense, I, I can understand how like what it must have felt like to have been in the presence in this day and age of someone that influential, you know, and, I, and I'm grateful that that we were able to even just witness the 20 years of Kobe Bryant's, you know, basketball career and his post-basketball career shortly thereafter. So, yeah, Alan, any last last thoughts on, on Kobe? Um, No, I mean, I think we pretty much covered everything, but uh, yeah, I mean, anytime like tommy said earlier we we hear kobe's name or you know they're playing all these like classic games on tv right now it's it's really hard to watch actually for me and um it's it's hard to compartmentalize like okay let me appreciate this for the basketball sense of it and it's like your mind just instantly goes to you know kind of a dark place and um yeah i i do think though like like you said tommy every year on your birthday um, you know, you're going to think about this, you're going to be reminded of it. And uh, I think, you know, for all of us on our birthdays or these milestone, you know, types of dates, um, you know, that's a legacy for sure that Kobe's going to leave with all of us. So, um, yeah, can't can't really think of, of anything else that has had this type of uh, impact or has left this kind of mark on so many people. Yeah. And lastly, I just want to bring up that I'm very, and Tommy, you brought this up in our meshes thread, but I'm super, super glad that we were able to go to the Hawks game at Staples Center. Um, yeah. One of the two games that Kobe Bryant was able to watch from this season at Staples Center. Obviously, we had no idea the impact of that game at the time. 
now it's forever memorialized in our heads. Um, and just by happenstance, that's, I mean, Tommy and Alan know this because I was trying to even like weeks prior to find like the best, most cheapest game to go to as the Lakers Legacy Podcast. That was actually our first game where it was just us three using what little Lakers Legacy funds we have. So thank you to all of our listeners for that. But it was just by happenstance that those those seats opened up and were actually some of the cheapest seats that I could find. They were still expensive, but I was like, I'm going to jump on this right now. We had no idea Kobe Bryant was going to be at that game, but the moment we found out that he was, he, he consumed the whole night essentially, <laughs> essentially. And I mean, Tommy and I did a podcast on this where it, it was less about the Lakers game and like the <laughs> highlight plays we were seeing. It was more about what did Kobe Bryant think about that. <laughs> So it was, yeah. dude. How's he gonna clap this time? Is he gonna stand up? What's he gonna say to Gigi? <laughs> exactly, dude. And, and that's like another crazy thing for me was uh, just thinking about how so many things in my life have happened. Arguably, and again, not to be weird about it, but like because I, a lot of people don't get it, but like a lot of things in my life have happened arguably because of Kobe's influence, you know, even if I didn't know it, like I was talking about at the beginning of my long monologue, I gave, but like I arbitrarily decided to start watching basketball when I was like in second grade. If Kobe Bryant hadn't been on the team at that time, I don't know if I would have been a Laker fan. I don't know if I would have been as into the NBA. You know what I mean? This podcast probably wouldn't be a thing. Like our, our, our message thread probably wouldn't be a thing. Like, the fact that all those things happened in some weird order, like Kobe was on the, just happened to be playing when I first watched, you know, like, it, it's not like I grew up in a, like, my family's all immigrants, like, you know, for you guys, you know, it's not like I grew up with, like, parents who were Lakers fans or uncles who were Lakers fans or cousins or anything, you know, it was just, if I, I just happened to watch Kobe when I was seven and, and become engrossed in, in the sport and then just happened to become like even obsessed beyond just playing it, you know, obsessed with how things were working beyond the behind the scenes and all this stuff that led to our like, you know, Facebook discussions about, you know, we had our thread going for years about the Lakers rebuild and all the strategies and all this stuff. And then that ultimately led into this podcast. This podcast led to that money for that. We got to go to, you know, to buy (laughs) tickets to go to that game. And he just fucking happened to be there, dude. It's <laughs> yeah. so weird. It's just so weird. It's like him and Gianna. Two games, yeah. Him and Gianna like happened to be there. And like you said, it's it's not that. I mean, I said I think I said at the time I took it for granted. I don't know if I took it for granted. I think it's more like I I did not ever would have never guessed that he wouldn't be doing that for the next forty years. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I would have never would have never guessed that you just assume that, that that's what it's going to be like forever. And, 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 uh, and unfortunately that's not the case, but like I said, was saying earlier, we, we just got to have to kind of move forward and, and take on his, um, hopefully again, looking to influential people, like especially his family and, and, and to like guys like LeBron and, and, and guys in the Lakers, Rob Palenka, like, you know, look to them for guidance on, on how we can try to move forward and, and cope with this. And hopefully if they show strength, that'll, that'll shine through to us, but um, just moving forward and trying to carry, carry on his legacy. Absolutely. All right. We will end it there. Um, I'll, I'll take it to break. And when we return, we'll just do a quick, like three to five minute segment on just the upcoming trade deadline. So with that said, Mamba out, but never forgotten. All right, we're back, and I just really wanted to quickly close this episode out by 
somehow shifting to basketball. I don't really have a lot to say, also because I don't want to say a lot. Um, it's still weird to me to have to think about the trade deadline all of a sudden um, and what to do with this team of guys who have had to go through this ordeal closer than any of us have had to and whether or not to ship them off, buy them out, or you know, cut them, et cetera, et cetera. But the trade deadline is this Thursday. It obviously feels different than any than every other trade deadline we've experienced. At the same time, it does seem like Rob Palinka's doing his due diligence, which is amazing to say because Rob Palinka has probably hit the most out of this with regards to you know people in the organization outside of Genie Bus and the fact that he now holds the keys to what to do uh, with the rest of our season. Um, I do not envy his position at all. But with that said. Um, where are your guys' stances on what you think will happen come Thursday? I know there's rumors about the Knicks talking to everybody and them wanting to ship out everybody. They have begun exploratory talks about Cal Kuzma. Maybe Marcus Morris will be part of that package, but with Marcus Morris, he caught, he, I think he's on an $18 million contract, 15 to 18. And because Kuzma's only making $2 million, that will mean that the Lakers, if they engage in some sort of trade, will have to include DeMarcus Cousins, Avery Bradley, uh, Quinn Cook as salary ballast. And uh, I just don't think that's realistic at this point. Uh, we heard that Darren Collison will make his decision after All-Star break. He's gonna. He wants to stay in Los Angeles. I have to strongly think that he is preferring the the Lakers over the Clippers, just because the Lakers need that point guard spot and primary creating spot more than the Clippers do. But we'll see. Um, my quick stance on on this whole thing is that I do not think the Lakers will make any major moves, um, even if they can salary match for Marcus Morris. Like I just mentioned, you're you're shifting out three to four guys who are sort of integral to the team's chemistry and bringing in one new guy, and then you'll probably probably bring in another buyout guy. And to me, that's just too many moving pieces at this point, too many new pieces to integrate at this time of the season. Um, so I think if they make any moves, it will probably be via the buyout market, adding a guy like Darren Collison. And I don't even know if they're going to cut anybody like Troy Daniels. They may trade Taylor Horton Tucker for a future second just to free up that extra spot because THT is actually taking up one of the guaranteed spots. Um, and in that sense, it might be less of a blow just because THT hasn't been with the big team. I would hate for that to happen, obviously. Um, but for me right now, the guy who gets cut is between Troy Daniels and, and maybe THT getting shipped off somewhere else um, and us getting a, a future asset in return while freeing up a roster spot. But for me, the moves that I anticipate happening are still going to be on the fringes um, just because of you know, the human element to this and what's happened the last two weeks. And, and honestly, even before the Kobe stuff, we, we have been talking about how chemistry has been such an important and integral part to this team's success. And guys on this team have said it themselves, you know. So um, with that said, Alan, do you have any thoughts on the trade deadline? It's okay if you absolutely Barely. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Darren Collison. Um, yeah, that's all I got, dude. Great. Tommy, what about you? So I look, I've gone back and forth on this a little bit, to be honest. I, I think I don't know how much chemistry. I think chemistry is always a factor, but the reality is we're not, not trading LeBron James or Anthony Davis in any scenario. So the, there's not going to be a major disruption to the chemistry. Like, look, we can go on and on and on all day about how guys like Jared Dudley, Quinn Cook, 
like these guys are positive contributors to the locker room and positive chemistry contributors. And I don't doubt that at all. I will say it's February. The season's going to be over one way or the other in four months. Four months is not that long away. You know, that, not that far away. I think these guys are professionals. And I think if the right move presented itself, I don't think they would, you know, again, I'm not saying they're going to make a four person shuffle just to make a four person shuffle. But I, if like, I don't think that making a four person shuffle in and of itself is going to be a deal breaker. If the right move comes across the point that I'm, that I'm going to fall back on though, is that I still don't think anything is going to happen. So same like you, Jonathan, but Mm -hmm. I, the reason I don't think anything significant is going to happen is because I just don't think we have the assets. Everybody wants to move Kuzma because he's our best asset, and I get that, but in, at some degree. But Kyle Kuzma is making like less. How much than does what he a, make exactly? Yeah, it doesn't do he anything. Makes like, <laughs> he makes like less than what a veteran minimum is. You know what yeah. I mean? He's like, and he's a better player than Jared Dudley already, and he's twenty four. You know, so it's like, you, you know, it's like you. You don't trade him just to trade him. I get that you could potentially get somebody who would be a significant upgrade. In that case, okay, talk to me at that point. But I'm not looking to trade this guy. And even for lateral moves or anything that could be reasonably argued to be a lateral move. Um, So because of that, I just don't see a scenario where we can get like a real difference maker. I, I tend to agree with you that if we do make a trade, it'll be around the fringes. I hope that. Um, it, you know, I don't know how we're going to do it, but teams are going to be active. There's going to be a lot of weird stuff and weird fallout from this proposed, like Capella, D'Angelo Wiggins, like, like there's this four team contemplated swap that I think might actually happen because these teams are just playing games because it's too early, but, um, it's too early to commit, but, I think that there could be some major moves and major shakeups um, among the lower level teams. I think the Clippers are going to make a move. I mean, I guess I said lower level teams, but the Rockets would be involved in that move. I just said, but the Rockets are probably going to make a move. And I think if we stand pat completely, I don't know that that's necessarily going to get the job done. I, I think we'll, like you said, at the very least try to, if we think we have Collison in the bag, which it's not tampering to talk to this fool now. So like, I can't remember if Rob, Rob wasn't his agent, but, or was he, I don't know. I can't remember, but Collison has connections to guys on the Lakers currently. Um, Vogel was his coach. He obviously played for Vogel. I mean, he played for doc too, I think, but Mm -hmm. he played for Vogel. So if we wanted to know where his head was at, I just, I guess what I'm getting at is is it wouldn't be that hard. I mean, Mm-hmm. He can say whatever he wants to say publicly and or you know his agent can say I guess whatever he wants to say publicly but I think Collison is just going to go wherever he thinks he can get the most time. I don't think the Clippers I don't think the Clippers are you know super set or anything on standing pat. I think the Clippers are going to be aggressive and who knows maybe they make a move that involves Pat Beverly. I don't know, but if they did something like that Collison might then just choose them. I think he's going to go wherever the opportunity is. So if we could get him, that would be great, but I'm not ruling out Rob coming out of like the darkness and then and, and just like and, and coming up with some crazy, you know, uh, move that he pulls off at the last minute in the fallout of the, you know, the massive trades that could potentially happen. And then if that happens, we're going to be very, very 
very active players on the buyout market because obviously Collison is not a buyout, but he's a free agent. I think like there's those rumors that Marvin Williams is probably going to get bought out. Frankly, I don't care what Memphis says. If they're not able to trade Iguodala, I think they're going to buy him out. You know, like um, I, there's these random dudes like Tristan Thompson. I mean, I think he makes too much money to get bought out, but I don't know. Marvin Williams and Iguodala make a lot too. Maybe he gets bought out. There's all these different scenarios that could happen. And, and I think Rob is probably going to be more focused on that so that he doesn't have to continue burning our assets. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a weird next 48 hours. And I think, um, I, th- I don't think that chemistry in and of itself is going to be the reason to make a mass shakeup. It's possible the bottom four guys on the bench are gone by, by Thursday. Okay. I think Darren um, Collison was with uh, DeMarcus in Sacramento. Yeah, oh, okay. so he's tied with Demarcus. I mean, he's LA guy, obviously. I'm, I'm sure right. he's he's got connections to other guys on the team as well. So everything you said, I agree with partially. I don't think the Clippers can trade Patrick Beverly. He's going to be in the skills challenge, so that speaks for itself. All Star Weekend, Alan. To close this show, I yeah, think guy- save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.